Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah classes, and thank you for listening to this episode. Feel free to follow and to share with others so they too can enjoy the Torah classes on this podcast. Now, on to the episode. Today's Daf Masech is Gitin is Daf Mem Vav 46. We begin three lines from the bottom of Mem Hey Omud Beis. Now we're going to have today four sections in the Daf. First section, the Gemara is going to explain to us the four opinions of our Mishnah that we had regarding which types of scenarios a man could remarry his wife or not after divorcing her because of a Shemra or because of a Neder. We'll explain the four opinions. The second section is going to be an understanding of how the story of Rabbi Rabbi Yehuda connects to the Mishnah and an understanding of that. The third section is going to be a new Mishnah that talks about the Kilkul that we have to be concerned about regarding someone who divorces his wife concerns she's an islandess. And the fourth section is going to be if somebody sells himself and his family when there's a Takana, you're not supposed to redeem them because this seems to be a repetitive issue. So let's begin the bottom of Muhammad Bay's three lines from the bottom. Now remember, we had four opinions in the Mishnah. Let's run through them quickly so we remember. We had the Tanakhama's opinion, the Mishnah who told us that if one divorces his wife because of a Shemra, suspicion of some inappropriate behavior, or because of a Neder, he cannot remarry. Rashi explained to us there's two potential reasons that we won't allow them to remarry, either because of Kilkul or because of Knas, which we'll highlight in the Gemara now. The second opinion is Rabbi Yehuda, who said, any Neder that was known by the public and therefore does not have the ability to be mayfared, to be removed, um, there's a penalty that uh, that person cannot be cannot remarry after divorcing. But if it's a lighter type of Neder that was not known by the public and, and is able to be removed, so then he could remarry. He understood the issue was knas, and then if it's a light neder, it doesn't uh, have that same issue. Rameir said any neder that requires asking of a chacham to remove it, and the husband couldn't remove on his own, one cannot remarry. There's a kilkul issue because he could say, had I known that I could remove that it could have been removed by a chacham, I wouldn't have um, divorced her, and therefore you can make a kilkul as she had remarried already in Mamzerus. But otherwise, he could remarry. And Rabbi Lazar said the opposite of Rameir. He said, really, the only issue would be where it would not require Chakiras Chacham. But there's a Gezeira also where it would, that you would not be allowed to remarry as well. So let's go into the first opinion is the Tanakhama. And we'll go through the rest of the three as we go through the first point of the day today, Be'ez Roshan. So the Gemara tells us here, Amar Rabbi Yosef Bar Menyumi, Amar of Nachman, Rabbi Yosef Bar Menyumi, the name of Nachman, this is the first version. Vehusha Amar La, Mishum Shemra, Animaitziacha, turning to Menvachmad Aleph, Mishum Nedar, Animaitziacha. The only time that we're concerned and you can't remarry, we're going to say Lo Yachsir, you shouldn't remarry her, that's what the Tanakhama's words are, is where the husband said when he's divorcing her, I'm divorcing you because of Shemra, because of the suspicion about your. Uh, extramarital affairs, etc., or because of the nether you made against me. In that scenario, there's going to be a concern that should she remarry later. And he ter- it turns out that those were badai, those were false rumors, or the nether could be removed, that he'll be mikalkil the situation by saying, I didn't realize that, and I, I, the get should be undone, lemafreya, thus creating an issue for her. So the Gemara explains, Kasavar time amai, what is the reason Rav Nachman, based on this understanding, where it's only where the husband said this, that there would be a kilkul, Misham kilkula, it's an issue of kilkula. So, if he says at the time of Gerashin, I'm divorcing you because of these reasons, so later he could say, 
the fact that I said at the time of divorce and it turns out that these are not true is that the get's undone. V'i lo, but if he doesn't say it at the time of divorce, he won't be able to be mekalkel because we don't trust him later to say I only divorced you because of these things and therefore there's no kilkel that could happen later. He can't undo the get. Rashi explains over here, therefore in a situation where he says I'm divorcing because of this, we're going to say to him, you should know if, if you divorce because of this, you're never allowed to remarry her ever again. And then there's no kilko that could happen later. He can't remarry her again, even if she's still single. However, if he didn't say these things at the time of divorce, we're not choshish for kilko because we won't trust that his intent of divorce was only for these reasons. And therefore, says Rashi, there's enough kamina, is if he didn't say these and she was still single after divorce, he actually would be allowed to marry her. It wouldn't be an issue. This is the first version of understanding Tanakam of our Mishnah. Moving on, there's a second version of understanding the Tanakam and our Mishnah. Version number two, that the husband has to say to her, I'm divorcing you because of this negative reputation or because of the nedr you made. Now in this version, he needs to say that because there's a penalty being enacted against her. What's the reason of Rav Nachman in the Tanakhama now? Jewish girls should not be brazenly freely engaging in Arayas or Nadarim, and therefore to show her what the issue is so that people don't engage in this behavior, therefore it's necessary for him to say, this is why I'm divorcing you, so that the knas, the penalty, is understood and absorbed. Rashi says, now regardless in this version, if she married or not, even if she's still single, he can't remarry her because the knas is in play. We have a b'risa that supports the first understanding of the Tanakhama that there's a kilkel issue, as well as the latter version that it's a knas. So the b'risa supports the first version where Meir Meir explains. Why did they say if you divorce your wife, one of these two reasons you can't remarry her? Because in the interim, she might go and marry somebody else after she's divorced. And it'll turn out that the original claims were not true. She wasn't uh, sleeping around or anything. The Yomer, or the Nedra could be removed. The Yomer and the husband will, first husband will say, If I would have known that it wasn't, that wouldn't have been true, I wouldn't have divorced her, even if she would have given me, or they would have given me a hundred mana. But then it'll turn out, get that the get will be bottle and her children will be mamzerim from the second person. Therefore, that we say to the husband at the time of divorce, if he says that he's divorcing her for these reasons, that if you divorce your wife for one of these reasons, he can't remarry. And then later, he can't undo the divorce, creating an issue for her. That supports the second version of Tanakama's understanding of Rav Nachman in Tanakama. explains, why did the Chachamim say in our Mishnah? If you divorce your wife for one of these two reasons, he cannot remarry her. As well as either So the girl, the Jewish girls, shouldn't be lax when it comes to Arias and Nadarim, which means it's a penalty against her. Therefore, Omen Lo, we say, the Bezdin will say to the husband, Emor Lo, say to the wife at the time of divorce, that I'm divorcing you for one of these two reasons, so that the penalty is felt. And as we explained, then it doesn't make a difference if she's single after, she's still not allowed to remarry him.
Let's move on to the second opinion in the Gemara now, in the Mishnah now. Rabbi Yudhaimer called Neder Shiyadu Rabim Layachsir, Vishlayadu Rabim Yachsir. He said any Neder that was public knowledge and the husband can't be Mayfair, can't nullify after, that's a strong Neder and therefore he can no longer remarry her. He understands there's a penalty here, and not like the Kilkel issue, but if it's lo yadu bo rabim, it's not as strong of a neder, he could remarry her after. I'm Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, my time is Rabbi Yehuda. What's the reasoning of Rabbi Yehuda that we understand that Rabbi Yehuda's reasoning is based on if the neder is unable to be uh, mayfared afterwards. So where does Rabbi Yehuda know, says Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, that a neder that's made in public has not far afterwards? Dechsev, it says in Sefer Yeshua, this nation came to the Jewish people as they were crossing into Eretz Yisrael. And they pretended to be from not one of the non-seven nations. They were called the Givonim. The Jews made a treaty with them that they wouldn't wipe them out, and it turned out that they were from the seven nations. So the Pasuk says, The Jews did not wipe them out after. Because the the princes of the tribe, of the, of the, the princes of the congregation, had made a shvua, and this is considered barabim, we assume that in public, and therefore you can't undo that. So therefore you see that a neder that's made in public can't have hafara, and that's why they couldn't wipe them out after making this shvua. So therefore, Rabbi Yehuda says, since they couldn't wipe out such a shvu, you see that a neder made in public is not able to be removed. And similarly, when a woman makes such a neder, it's a strong neder, and you can't remarry afterwards because there's a penalty against her. For Rabbanon, now the Rabbanon argue on Rabbi Yehuda, and they say even a neder made in public could be made first. How do they understand the story of the Givonim? So they say back, Was the shvu at all effective there that they swore they're not going to they swore a peace treaty with the Givonim? The Givonim said they came from far away and not from the seven nations, but that wasn't true. So this was a shvu betos altogether. The whole thing was a mistake. So lo chay l'shvua la yukal, it shouldn't have been an effective shvua at all. The only reason they didn't wipe them out is because of Kiddush Hashem. They didn't want to renege on their word. But, but really, by, by letter of the law, they could have. And therefore, you have no proof that a neder in public uh, has no afar. So the Gemara now wonders, in the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, what's considered berabim in public, that it becomes un, unable to be removed with hafara? The kama rabim, how much is a rabim? Rav Nachman, Amar Gimel, Rav Nachman says only three people. Rav Yitzchak, Amar Asar, Yitzchak says ten people. Rav Nachman, Amar Gimel, in front of three people is rabim, because we find by Zava, the Pasuk says, if she has a flow for yamim, for days, that means two, bays, and rabim means gimel, it means a third day. So you see in that context, she becomes a Zava Gedola, a big Zava, the point is, Rabbim means three. It also means in front of three regarding Nadarim that have great impact. It would mean in front of three people. Yitzchak says we find the word Eida, in that case, Nesia Eida by the Givonim, and we know Eida refers to ten as is evidenced by the Miraglim. So that's a Nedar that's Shodab that's, Rabbim uh, that has no Hafara. Okay, let's move on to the third and fourth opinion. Rameir said, if the neder requires asking of a chacham and the husband couldn't have removed it on his own, we're concerned about the kilko that could happen later when the husband realizes it could be removed, and therefore you can't remarry. But if it wouldn't have required that, so we're not concerned that the husband will say, had I known I could have removed it, because he knew that, and therefore, you'd be able to remarry her. And Rebbe Lazar and the Mishnah argued, he said the opposite. Tanya, Rebbe Lazar, I'm Rebbe Lazar, said the fourth opinion, means the only real concern is by or it does not require but by tzarech, there's no concern, but there's a gezerah, tzarech etu she'enot tzarech. So by my kamifligi, what is the basis of debate between Rameir and Rebbe Lazar? 
The Gemara answers, Rameir Savar Adam Rotsa Shatispazi Ishtoba Bezdin. Person wants his wife to be denigrated in court. And Rashi explains, doesn't mean he wants it, but he doesn't care. He doesn't mind it. So therefore, if it's a neder that was Tzarech Akiras Chacham that could have been brought to court, he would have brought her to court to resolve it. And therefore, a claim later that I would have brought her would be acceptable claim and could create a kilkul. Therefore, they'll say, in such a scenario, you should know you're not going to be able to remarry her if you're divorcing her with a nether that could be done, uh, could be revoked in court. Rabbi Lazar says a person does not want his wife to be disgraced in Bezdin. So for him to say later, had I known that I could have had it removed in Bezdin, it's not a fair taina. And since it's not a fair taina, he wouldn't have brought her to court in the first place. The only issue really would be where it does not require chakiras chacham. He may have been able to say Rabbi Lazar's opinion is, I didn't realize I could remove it as the husband. And we extend the gezerah also too, where it requires chakiras chacham, because it's a gezerah etu where it does not. Okay, let's move on to the second section. Now, at the end of the Mishnah, we said, Amr Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yudah, Maisa Betzidin, there was a story in Sidon, husband made a neder, and uh, he divorced her, and then uh, the Chacham allowed him to remarry her. Now, the Gemara says, My Tana, Dikatani Maisa, what did we learn earlier in the Mishnah about the husband making nedarim, that now we're saying this story, usually the story supports a psakim, but this seems to be unrelated because before we learned about Nadarim she makes, and now you're saying Nadarim that he makes. So, we have to re understand by adding words into the Mishnah. When do we say in the Tanakhama Lo Yachs are worried about Kilkul Kishanadrahi? That's where she made the Nadar. He could say later, had I known this Nadar could have been removed, etc., I wouldn't have divorced her. That creates Kilkul. Avil neder, nadar ihu, but if the husband made the neder and there's no concern about kilkul because he made the neder, so he's the one that's the offending party here. So yachsir, then he would be allowed to remarry her afterwards. And on that, there's a story in Sidon, a person said to his wife, I make a neder if I won't divorce you. And then he divorced her. And the Chacham allowed him to remarry her because of Tikkun Olam. So the just wants to analyze those last two statements, turning to Memvav Mudbeis. My Konam. What was the Konam that he's saying? Konam usually prohibits something on him like Hektish. Here, there's no such thing as a Konam I'm going to divorce you. That's like a Shvua more than a Konam. So what does it mean in this context? Amr what he meant to say was, I'll prohibit all the fruits of the world on me like Hektish. If I don't, if I don't uh, divorce you, the point is, that's what the Konam was. And the Gemara continues, They permitted him to remarry. So of course you could. There's no kilkul over here, so what would be the issue? So the Gemara says, You might say, Even though there's no kilkul, there should be a knas. Like Rabbi Nassim says, the time Rabbi Nassim ran Eider Kilobana Bama. Someone makes a netter, it's as if he built a Bama, an altar at a time. They're not allowed to bring Karbanos on personal altars. If he fulfills the netter, it's like bring a carbon on it. Kamash Malan, that we say, you may have thought you put a penalty on the guy, you can't remarry her because he made a netter against her and then divorced her. Kamash Malan, we say that that's not the case. There's no kilkul, he could remarry her after. And the Mishnah concludes, Now these words are a little bit difficult because it sounds like it's going on the Seifa. In the Seifa, we say he could remarry her. So what's the tikkun olam in that case? So Amr of Sheshis HaResha. Rav Sheshis is really going back on the Resha, where we said he cannot remarry her in the beginning of the Mishnah. There, there's a tikkun olam of Kilkul or Knas. Ravina, Amr al-Olam Ravina says really it could be going on the Seifa, where it says tikkun olam, it's going on that he could remarry her when he made the Nedjabahachikatani. This is how you interpret the Mishnah. Ein bazum olam, is that there's no issue of tikkun olam here. Since he made the Nedjabahachikatani, there's no Kilkul, there's no Knas, nothing to talk about, and therefore he can remarry her. 
Okay, moving on to the third section of the day. If somebody divorces his wife because he finds that she is an islandess, Rashi explains over here, if somebody marries a woman and he has relations with her, etc., and at some point he determines the fact that she's an islandess, which is a woman who cannot reproduce. She never develops properly like a woman should, and therefore she's unable to have children and re- re- reproduce. So at that point, the Rashi says, he still has to give her a get because he won't have relations with her without intent for real marriage. However, now he divorces her because of an islandess, because he thinks she's an islandess. Rebuta says, after the fact, he cannot remarry her. Why can't he remarry her? Because as we're going to see, what happened, what could happen is after the fact he says maybe she'll go and have children with someone else, turn out she's not an islandess, and he'll say, if I would have known she wasn't an islandess, even if you would have paid me, I would not have given her a get, and it can mess her up, similar to the issue of Nadarim in the prior Mishnah. Say, no, we're not worried about that chashash, and therefore he can remarry her after the fact. Says the conclusion of the Mishnah, if she remarried somebody else, she married somebody else. This woman who was suspected to be an islandess, and then she bore children from that second husband. And then she goes back to the first husband and says, Look, you didn't give me a ksuva because you said that when we got married, there was some sort of an error in terms of the marriage. But you see, clearly I could have children, so you owe me a ksuva. So I'm reviewed, Rabbi just says, I'm Allah. We say to this woman, better for you to be quiet than to make noise. Because if you make noise, what could end up happening is the husband can undo the entire get. If you say, look, I'm not an islandess. And then what will emerge is that it'll turn out that this woman was an ashes ish all along. The get was ineffective. So we tell her to rather be quiet than make any noise. Now the Gemara immediately jumps on the problem that there's a contradiction between this Mishnah and the the prior mission about Nidarim. Lememra, the implication of the Machlokis is Rabbi Yehuda Chayesh Kilkula. Rabbi Yehuda's Choshesh for the Kilkula that could happen after the fact. And the Rabbanan are not concerned about Kilkul. So that's why Rabbi Yehuda says she cannot, he cannot remarry her after divorcing her because of an islandess. And Rabbanan say, we're not worried and he could remarry her. But we learned the opposite on Muhammad Beis regarding Nidarim. And as we learned in the earlier mission on Muhammad Beis, Tanakama said if he divorces his wife because of Shemra, he cannot remarry her because we're worried about Kilkul. Nor if he divorces her because of a neder, because we're concerned that maybe afterwards he'll say, I didn't know that it was really not a true rumor, etc. And therefore they say to the guy, if you're divorcing her because of these reasons, you cannot remarry her. The Chacham Archoshesh for Kilkul. Rabbi Yehuda says, I'm only concerned about a knas. There's a penalty here. So if it was a public neder that everybody knows about, that was a harsh neder. There's a penalty against her that he cannot remarry her. But there's no kilkul issue, so therefore, if they didn't know about it, it wasn't such a harsh ned there. There's no kilkul either, therefore, he could remarry her. You see the Rabban and Archaish for kilkul, and the Rabbi does not. So you have two answers to resolve this. Amr, Shmuel, Epo. Shmuel's the uh, easy way out. He says, switch around this Mishnah in a Chinami. Rabbanan Rachosh is for Kilkul, Rabbi Yehuda is not, so you'd have to say in our Mishnah too that when it says, Amotzi Yisish to Mishnah Islandis, Rabbanan say he can't remarry her, Rabbi Yehuda says he could remarry her. The problem is the Seifa of the Mishnah says, Vahami de Katani Seifa Nises La'acher. Seifa says if she married somebody else, Vahayulabanam Amen, and she bore children from him, Vahayitavas Ksuvas, she claims her Ksuvam, Rabbi Yehuda. 
Be quiet because you're going to create an issue for yourself where the husband could potentially undo the ksuva by virtue of the fact that it was a mistake. You see from the Seifa clearly, Rabbi Yudah is the one who's concerned about Kilkul. So Shmuel says, You could also switch this around that the Seifa, the Psak is that you should be quiet and not make noise because you'll create an issue for yourself. That would be like the Rabbanan, not like Rabbi Yehuda necessarily. And therefore, you just switch around this Mishnah, it can resolve itself with the prior Mishnah. Abayi Omar Abayi is a second answer. Don't switch around this Mishnah. Rabbanan are choshesh for Kilkul. Rabbi Yehuda is not choshesh for Kilkul. But Rabbi Yehuda is choshesh for Kilkul in this. Uh, Rabbi Yehuda really is choshesh for Kilkul. But over there in the Mishnah, Memheim would be, he's not regarding Nadarim. Why? Rabbi Yehuda Bahi, Savarlaka Rabbi Meir. In regards to that Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda holds like Rabbi Meir. This Savarlaka Rabbi Lazar. He also holds like Rabbi Lazar. Let's explain. Bitzarich, where it's a nadr that requires Chakiras Chacham, Savarlak Rebbe Lazar, he holds like Rebbe Lazar that says a person doesn't want his wife to be disgraced in court, so he can never say, had I known it could be taken off by the Chacham, I wouldn't have divorced her, and therefore in such a case there's no Chashash for Kilkul, when it's Tzarech Chakiras Chacham. And Bisha'ena Tzarech, in a nadr that does not require Chakiras Chacham, Savarlak Rebbe Meir. There's also no Chashash for Kilkul like Rebbe Meir, he says that there's no claim then, like Rebbe Meir said, of Kilkul, and he could remarry her after because all he would theoretically be able to say is, had I known I could remove it, I wouldn't have divorced her, and Meir is not choshish for that. So therefore, he holds in regards to Nadarm, there's no chashash of Kilkul, but for Islandists, there is a chashash of Kilkul. There was only a steer in Rabbi Yehuda, Drabana, Drabana, Kasha, but how do you resolve the Rabbanan stira? The stira in the Rabbi Yehuda's opinions, there's no problem, like you answered Abaye, as you explained, he holds like Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Loz in the prior, prior Mishnah, and therefore there's no concern when it comes to Nadarim. There's also no concern in the Rabbanan and the Rabbanan, because Man Chachamim, who is the author of the Chachamim and Mem Vav Mudbeis? Rabbi Meir, it's the opinion of Rabbi Meir. To Amr, Bo'ina, tonight, Kaf, we learn from the story of the Bnei God and Bnei Reuven, they conquered Eretz Stroll and then went back to take their lands on Averly Yardain, that a condition is only binding halachically when you make a tonight kafu, which means you double the condition. If X, then if I do this, then this will be the reality. And if I don't do this, then this won't be the reality. In regards to islandists, what are we discussing? He didn't make a double condition. Since he didn't make a double condition, the, the Tanai is not binding, and therefore there's no chashash of kilko regarding the islandists, because he can't say later, had I known, I would have undone it, because he only said, I'm divorcing her because of islandists. He didn't say the opposite of that. And therefore, Rabbanan or Mishnah is like Rameyer, there's no chashash of kilko, and uh, therefore you can remarry her after divorcing because of that. Let's finish up here. Fourth point of the day. Says the Mishnah, Somebody sells himself and his children to Goyim, which is not acceptable, obviously. We don't redeem him. But we will redeem the children after their father passes away. Says the Gemara, When do we not redeem him? He did this one time, two times, three times. He keeps repeating the same pattern, so we're not going to continuously redeem him in this situation. The Gemara illustrates this with a story. I know, Bnei Mirsi, the Yazvi, 
There was a family in Bemirsi, who Jewish family borrowed money from Goyim. They didn't have money to pay back. So the Goyim came and claimed these Jews as slaves. Also, the Kamei Ravuna, they came in front of Ravuna. Amrlu said to them, What can I do for you? The Tanar Mishnah says, That if you sell yourselves to Goyim, which is essentially what you did because they took you for the debt that you owed them, we can't redeem you. He said, but one second, you taught us that's only if they did it multiple times. So Amr Le, Rav Huna said back to Rabbi Abba, these people are accustomed to doing this and they did it multiple times that they borrowed money and didn't pay back and were taken by Goyim so we're no longer going to redeem them unless the father passes away and then we'll redeem the children stopping here the bottom we'll pick up tomorrow continuing talking about this everybody have a wonderful day